Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of Hit by Podcast. And welcome with me, as always, my buddy Andy Johnson. We're back. Baseball has begun, Ryan. Yes. We are entering the second week of the opening week of the Major League Baseball season, and I know me and Andy cannot be any more excited. Tons going on, tons to talk about, and man, we're ready to hop right into this. Andy, what is it that you love about opening week in Major League Baseball so much? Well, I think so far this season, and I do this pretty much every year, the first like week or two, I feel like I follow every statistic so stinking closely, <laughs> like a eight-year-old kid. That's how I was when I was little. And, it, you know, I just get so consumed by it. And then I realize, oh, man, there's so many more games. But, I don't, you know, eventually it kind of wears out. And I'm, you know, not quite as dialed in. But right off the bat, I just love digging through every single box score, every single statistic, and everything, you know, and every single stat out there and just getting after it, you know. It takes me back to when I was nine years old. Absolutely. And it's just exciting, and fans are all hopeful no matter whose teams they're rooting for, and everybody starts out with the same record, and everybody starts out with the same batting average, and it's just full of possibility. The opening day ceremonies are always tons of fun, and fans are – enthusiastic and players are playing their butts off we're not you know in the mid-season grind and players are still going all out you know right right there you sounded like john candy in rookie of the year when he's describing (laughs) the wonderful sounds of the ballpark and the great things about america's pastime john candy what if he was actually a baseball broadcaster that would have been amazing what if he was actually a baseball player <laughs> what position would he play he might be david wells david yeah. reincarnated so just a lefty just throwing some nice curveballs into the strike zone right yeah the american version of bartolo Colombo. exactly oh man um i think about that head-to-head battle well oh go ahead Ooh, i was just gonna yeah. say i think just to get us going here i think we've got um well from the first week some maybe overreactions and some yeah uh, you know just over, is that where you want to start? Yeah, well, let's Talking let's today? let's go through a brief, quick uh, oh, yeah, overview yeah. of kind of how everybody, how everything's shaken out. We've played about seven, eight games each team has, and uh, just kind of a quick look at the standings uh, before we dive into it. In the in the American League East, we got the Baltimore Orioles off to another hot hot start at four and one. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays one and five, but again. We're going to talk about overreactions at the beginning. This is opening week. Yeah. In the American League Central, we got the Tigers in the lead, 5-2, and two, and your Indians at, sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. Mm. Uh, The Los Angeles Angels in the West uh, heading the pack at 5-2, and two, and everybody's favorite Houston Astros sitting there at 4-4. Four and four. New York Mets in the National League East sitting at 4-3, and three, and my Reds at 5-2 and two after their first sec- seven games tied with the Chicago Cubs at 5-2. And, and in the American or the National League West, rather, the Diamondbacks off to a scorching hot start at 6-2, and two, hitting the heck out of the ball. Let me tell you, a couple surprises off the bat. Diamondbacks, for one, like you said, hitting the crap out of the ball. I think they're hitting over 300 as a team right now. I think it was like 313 yeah. or 333, something something crazy. Um, and the Indians just got swept by them, which was highly unfortunate for the Tribe. We can talk more about that a little bit later. Um, I would say another surprise for me on the flip side is Toronto coming in at 1-5. And, and the more I was thinking about it, Ryan, the more I was thinking, hmm, this is literally the same team minus maybe their best hitter. Edwin Encarnacion. Right. Yeah. So, like, 
then I got thinking, man, well, we were still high on them. I know you had them win in the East, I yeah, think, I originally. Did. And I'm like, man, maybe we're just stupid. Because <laughs> they literally lost their best hitter and picked up Kendrys Morales. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Who, by the way, almost hit a 500-foot bomb in Tropicana Field. But, you know, you're right. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he is not Edward Encarnacion. Just a real quick peek at the statistical leaderboards, which I love looking at the first week because oh, you gosh. see some of these ex- absurd stats. Yeah, guys, like, who are like two for four. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> again, really could, JT Real Muto hitting 500 right now. He's 11 for 22. I mean, he's a solid hitter. He JT three. Real Muso? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's a good hitter. He hit over 300 last year. Yeah. Um, we got four guys tied um, at, uh, for home runs currently, and I'm trying to pull that up. Uh, I can't see that, but I th- I believe um, – who, who's got four home runs, Andy? Salvi Perez does. Salvi Perez. He was on a little streak there for uh, – Three or four games in a row, he had solo shots. Yeah, he is off to a hot start, man. And boy, do they need it because not a lot of other people are hitting on that team right now. Yeah, and we talked about that in our previews, how the Royals are maybe kind of last hurrah for some of those guys. they got yep. a few free agents coming up. This might be, be it. be interesting to see what, uh, what, what makes what You know who is off year. to a hot start is George Springer with four home runs. Yeah. Three leadoff home runs. He, all of his home runs have either started off a game or ended a game because he had a walk-off as well. Talk about... It bookended him. Yeah, man. absolutely. Um, guy. And leading in RBIs is Mark Reynolds uh, enjoying the friendly confines of Coors Field, although most of That's those true. came outside. Um, and then real quick, looking at the uh, pitching leaderboards, we got um, we got uh, Jake Arrieta with two wins, 2.08 ERA. Then your boy Irvin Santana My with man. two wins. I talk about him. I made a note about him. Could yeah. he be a Cy Young winner? I think his ERA right now is .69. That'd be pretty good if he kept it up. Yep, and Lance McCullers with 17 strikeouts, and people are really excited about him. Chris Sale also with 17 strikeouts. Sure. Uh, so a lot to be excited about. And again, I'm a stat guy. I love looking at stats. Um, something that also comes with New Year's are kind of new things we see at the ballpark. And, and something that I love talking about and you mentioned you love talking about as well are kind of uniform things, different things that show up on the apparel. And I am a hat guy. Like, I love yeah. baseball hats. I love When people switch up their hats, I love seeing the new hats every year. And it, sometimes I'm disgusted by the new hats, but whatever. This year, something that I've noticed that a lot of people are talking about is the new era logo on the hat. And it, Andy, what do you think about the new era logo that's on like the it. side of the hat? It's just, I didn't think it would be that noticeable, but I feel like now whenever I'm watching a game, like, literally, that's the only thing I notice on the hat. Yeah. Like, my eyes go straight to that new logo on the side, and I'm just like, ugh. It's not, just, it's not, not a big fan. To, yeah. It, you know, there's also the the other little addition. It's a very minor addition, unless you kind of are looking for it or see it on certain players, is the sock logo. Yep. And, Ryan, tell us about the sock logo. Well, so... And for uh, the people who maybe not, aren't familiar with it. This company called Stance is currently... Uh, they're, they're currently making the socks for Major League Baseball, and some of them are super cool. Some of the patterns are really fun, and I think it's something that kids are going to kind of take a hold of, and they're going to say, man, like, what are some of our favorite socks uh, that we want to emulate like our favorite baseball players? But some of the things I don't like are the plain socks. So the Reds kind of have 
this combination of really cool socks, but they also have just plain red socks. And you see this little circle stance logo on it. And for some reason, the nitpicky part of me, it just bugs the heck out of me. Like, why does that stance logo have to be there? It's just not the same. But maybe us baseball people don't like change very much. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I don't know. The good news about uniforms is that so far the Diamondbacks have not looked atrocious. (laughs) Their jerseys have been respectable so far. So I'll definitely give you that. Yeah. So, Andy, something that is something that is very common that happens throughout the year in opening week is we try we tend to overreact. We tend to think, "Hey, look, the, you know, this team who is, you know, not was not supposed to have a great year is off to a really hot start and we start thinking World Series or someone or a hitter's off to a hot start, we're thinking, "Oh man, he's going to have a Hall of Fame year." So, opening week overreactions is something that's very, very common and that's kind of something we wanted to talk about. So, Andy, what do you think are some overreactions that you see around the baseball world? Well, first of all, I was hoping that my pick of the Mariners being a team to kind of keep an eye on, maybe grab a wild card spot, maybe even contend in the West. Not off to a great start, sitting at two and six. They also blew a six run ninth inning lead to the Angels the other night. Oh man! Up, I think they were up nine to three and ended up losing that game ten to nine. Um, so that's never a good sign. And um, you know, I think their bullpen isn't really that good. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't have any stats in front of me on them, but when you give up those kind of runs, and I was reading something earlier on uh, the other day on ESPN about their bullpen number so far, not great. Um, and that was one of their question marks coming into the year. So not off to a good start there. Um, another overreaction, just me as an Indians fan, is like this is a terrible spot to be in, okay, because you came so close last year for the Indians getting to the World Series, losing Game 7, we all know how that went. And then in the offseason, they had Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion, Michael Brantley's coming back, and everyone's like kind of respecting them now, and they're kind of the trendy pick to be World Series champs. All the all the people love them, and they do have a great lineup. They do have a good rotation. They do have a nasty bullpen, but like, dude, it's Cleveland, and like, something can go wrong, and it's going to be even more devastating when it does go wrong. Yeah, like. And that's the thing that's just so frustrating. Like, I'm waiting for, like, bad stuff to happen because there's no way it can be good all year long. So, like, right now it's the rotation that I'm, like, like kind of shaking my head at. I know that, I know it's, like, first week of the season, pitcher's arms, they got to come around, whatever. But, like, Andy, I didn't feel too good about the way that started. Carlos Carrasco is the only starter who got a win in the opening week. Uh, he went five and two-thirds innings against the Rangers on the second day. Um So I don't know. I guess that has me a little concerned right now. I know it's an overreaction, but that's what we're here for. Andy, quite frankly, I think you're overreacting. (laughs) (laughs) Which I, you know, sitting here as a Reds fan, I'm I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, poor Andy. Poor (laughs) poor Cleveland Indians with that loaded roster. Let me give you another overreaction, though. Tebow. Oh, my guy, Tebow. Tebow. It's just hitting hitting dingers down at single A for the Fireflies. Yeah. The Columbia Fireflies. If you don't know the Tebow deal, here's what it is. I I don't know how you could Walk us through the Tebow deal, Andy. All right. Well, former Heisman Trophy winner decided last year, he said, I'm going to play baseball. Hadn't played baseball in like 10 years, so all right, whatever. Plays rookie ball with the Mets, hits a home run in his first at-bat, whatever. That's kind of cool, and then kind of has a below-mediocre rest of the fall. Fast forward, spring training, 
Okay, he did a couple of great fruit league games with the Mets. Now he's assigned a single A. I think it's their low A team. Yep. I'm not sure. Low A. Yeah. So it's the Columbia Fireflies and the Mets organization. Wonderful minor league mascot. By yeah, the, way. the, the Fireflies. Fireflies. Um, Watch out. One day we're going to do a game with you, and I'm going to give you a bunch of team names, and it's going to be minor league team or not. <laughs> but that's another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tebow, home run on his first at-bat in his professional career at the minor league level. And... He is just something else. I'm a Tebow fan. I know a lot of people probably hate him. He's very polarizing. Uh, I just think he's a genuinely good guy, just trying to like play sports, compete, and get better, and maybe make it to the show. The odds are obviously against them. He's 29 and he's at single A ball. Like, it does not bode well. But you know, if he is, finds himself as a power hitter and a serviceable defender, like he could be one of those guys. Eventually, I'm talking couple years down the road gets like a September call up helps a playoff run that kind of thing you know to pinch hit in certain situations New York Mets fans all of you out there that I know are listening to the show yeah right Tim Tebow is not going to help you with the playoff run this year not this year (laughs) but maybe in 2019 I will say this his first five games I'm impressed I mean he's striking out a lot but I think he has four or five walks which is pretty good. I mean, he's hitting about 250. Yeah. He's got two bombs. I mean, this is not easy, folks. Yeah. I mean, we saw Mar- we saw Michael Jordan try to do this, and it was brutal. It, it really was. And um, me, I'm kind of a swing analysis guy. Uh, he had that showcase at the beginning of uh, – or in the middle of last season, yeah. and he was, he was swinging, and, you know, he was hitting balls out of the ballpark. But that was a bulky, ugly swing. And those Mets coaches have kind of taken a hold of his swing, and I think – uh, it's looking a lot better. It's looking a lot more smooth, and it's looking more like a Major League Baseball swing. But, I, Andy, I'm kind of upset with us that we've given Tebow this much airtime. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, something, it's just so hard to talk about. What's next, Ryan? Andy, uh, I believe that, uh, speaking of overreactions, the, the second coming of the big red machine has arrived. <laughs> Watch out, Johnny Bench. Oh, gosh. Get out of the way, sliding head first, Pete Rose. Uh, we are the, the 2017 Reds, and we are in first place. And Chicago Cubs better be trembling in their boots. Ryan, you know yeah. what? That's an overreaction. Yeah, I don't and, know. And here's I, why. Yeah, I heard this the other day. Uh, the three players, the three the three highest people on the Reds payroll are Joey Votto, yep, Brandon Phillips, and Homer Bailey. Two of which aren't even playing for the Reds. <laughs> Homer Bailey will eventually be playing for the Reds, but Brandon Phillips plays for the Braves. The Reds paid him to go away. Oh, so yeah, but who needs him? You know, at that's this point, your ceiling. The way I see it, we're getting all this great production on you know at bargain prices. So we have a two seven six ERA after the first week. Opponent batting average, 191. That's uh-huh. both second in the league. Brandon Finnegan throwing fire from the left side. Uh, he retired 19 in a row, 11 strikeouts. Amir after Garrett did have a gem Amir Garrett. I'll give you that. That was great. He's a, he's a stud. We're leading the league with 11 home runs. And Joey Fado is feeling so good that after he's hitting home runs, get this, guys. I've never seen this before. After he hit this home run, as the ball is in air mid-flight, he puts his hand up to his lips and kisses the ball goodbye. Greatest hitter in the game right now. That might be an overreaction as well, but maybe it's not. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty realistic. I, I'm pretty realistic about the fact that this might not be so sustainable. Moving along, Miguel Cabrera, 
090, he's batting 095, he's two for 21, no extra base hits. People chill out. There's articles about how might, this might be the downfall, the beginning of the end for Miguel Cabrera. He's, the, one, he's top five right-handed hitter of all time. He is so good at hitting he's a He's going to be fine. Yes. Uh, the last overreaction I want to talk about, Yasiel Puig. Puig mania, uh, baby. You're already, you're already beginning to see the decline, but he had two bombs in one game. He, was, he got out to three home runs really fast, and people are thinking, man, could this be it? Well, I will say this. He has six strikeouts and six walks, and that's a good ratio for him. I am just very weary about him translating this across an entire year. He's currently now betting 259. That's dropping slightly. Uh, but I would love to be wrong about this, but I, I just don't think this kind of success is sustainable for Puig. Yeah. Um, Andy, uh, time to transition to our next segment. Is this the uh, Hispanic version of <laughs> Fire si. and Ice? See si. That we yes, like to Andy. call En Fuego and No Bueno. So, en Fuego y No Bueno. En Fuego y No Bueno. So for this, Ryan and I will kick around some things that are on fire and things which that... Which is En Fuego. En Fuego. And things that not so much are no good. No Bueno, which is uh, no... No good in Spanish. Let me let me no give bueno. you a few things I have in Fuego so far. Um, I'm just going to list them off. The Diamondbacks bats, they are hitting the ball really well. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller's slider continues to devastate. And Kyle Schwarber doing Kyle Schwarber things like hitting home runs and being strong and crazy. And Ryan, what position does he even play? Yeah, I don't think he knows. He plays everything. Yeah. Also, can I make another comment about Kyle Schwarber? Yes, I, I'd love. Okay, Kyle I want you to. I want you to go back to your childhood here. Make a make a catch catch my reference. Kyle Schwarber looks like Buzz from Home Alone, <laughs> all grown up and filled out as an athlete <laughs> with a goatee now. With a goatee. Picture Buzz from Home Alone. As an athlete, real quick, at Andy, age whatever, 25 years. Andy, real quick, have you seen actual pictures of Buzz all grown up now, the actor? Um, perhaps. I think so. I think the actor himself is about 375 pounds and not looking so hot. No, it's Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> I think it's Kyle Schwarber. Okay. I think it's <laughs> you're right. Guy. Okay, maybe. Yeah, he cut down and yeah, he's just blasting the ball. Yes. Buzz, your girlfriend. What about you? What do you Whoa. got for uh, In Fuego? In Fuego for me, I got, let's, let's see here, Nomar Mazzara. Player of the week last week. Yeah. That's in Fuego. Yeah. Uh, AL player of the week. He's betting 417, two home runs, hitting well off of lefties, which that is, that's been his bugaboo. Uh, is, is he going to be someone who hits lefties? Andy, I was watching this game live, and he steps up to the plate, and you're expecting it to happen, and he delivers. Madison Bumgardner, not only top two, top three lefty pitcher in the game, but he stands up to the plate and mashes. The spokesman for Carhartt. Hey. The burly grizzly man, lumberjack, bearded monster, folklore hero, Madison Bumgarner. And yet he's stuck playing in hipster paradise, San Francisco. San Francisco. But Gosh. he hit two bombs in a game where he was perfect through five. And it's just amazing because he steps up to the plate and it's such a spectacle. And you're like... It, it feels like he's going to hit a home run, and then when he does, it's just the coolest thing ever. The first pitcher ever to hit two home runs in a game. Um, it's never been done before. Wow, I did not see that. Um, That's fantastic. Or maybe that was on opening day, but whatever. It, it, regardless, it, whatever. he made history. Dude's hitting the ball. And another guy real quick. Uh, again, the Reds fan comes out in me, but I'm sorry. I know we got a lot of Reds listeners, or you know, some. But Michael Lorenzen. How can you not root for this guy? He hit the home run 
just uh, last year, just after his father passed away. He's a pitcher, so he hit a bomb. Um, and uh, it, it was a really emotional moment that was one of the highlights of the red season last year. He's right now he's pumping in 99 miles per hour, part of that staunch red Reds bullpen. Six innings pitched, seven strikeouts, and he came in to pinch hit and hit a 430 foot bomb to center field. How cool is that? Pretty big time. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the no? Let's transition to no bueno. All right, no bueno. Well, I've got See, a couple things here. I already mentioned one of them, the Blue Jays. Um, kind of hitting the skids right now. Uh, what, one and six or two and six? I don't have the uh, in front of me. They're two. Yeah. Yeah. Not off to a good start. I think uh, losing Encarnacion might be hurting more than they banked on. Um, my other individual no bueno so far is Carlos Gonzalez for the Rockies. Um, hoping to have a big year. The Rockies are thinking big things. Andy, they're one and five. I'm yeah. sorry. The Blue Jays are, Blue one, Jays and are one and five. Thank you. Rough. Um, but Cargo for the Colorado Rockies, Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, expecting big things from him and Charlie Blackman. Um, they got they got some power in that lineup. He is off to a bad start. He is batting 179 after yeah. the first week with one RBI. Yep. No home runs, no runs, no stolen bases. He has an OPS of 450, which is not good. Not good. And one day we're going to explain what OPS means to fans. We should have like a definition. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Here's what all these acronyms mean. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. Acron- whatever. Uh, for me, the no bueno, and uh, there might be a trend here because these are um, fantasy investments that I've made. Mm. Uh, my fantasy team, which I won week one, which I was happy. Again, no one cares about. Sam Dyson, uh, closer for the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Did not look good against Sitting Clinton. at a healthy 36 ERA, <laughs> two blown saves in his first two appearances, and he's going to lose his job to Matt Bush any day now. Boom. He is my fantasy pickup of the week. Oh, I there grabbed you go. him last week, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, you should be. And real quick, Matt Bush story, amazing story. Read up on that. Yeah, Google it. Former number Highlights, former number one all, yeah. overall draft pick as a shortstop. Was terrible in the minor leagues, got in tons of trouble, was in prison. Yeah. And then. Did he DUI car crash? DUI car crash that that killed somebody. Then came back as a pitcher. A scout found him. Uh, that he was close with, and he's he's throwing upper 90s right now. It's a really great story. Um, again, I have a combined no bueno with the Red Sox and Blue Jays, the teams that we picked to yep. finish one and two. They're 28th and 29th in the league in offense right now. Nine combined home runs, which is not good. I think they're going to turn around, but you mentioned this earlier. They both lost big bats in their lineup, Encarnacion and Big Poppy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, including myself, thought they'd be able to pick up right where they left off and – Man, that was that yeah, I guess was not the wise. Red Sox clubhouse had a bout of the flu going around. Yeah, a bunch of guys were sick. Oh, I didn't but hear that. Let me let me say that I don't feel bad for them because <laughs> it's the Red Sox. Yeah, so <laughs> tough Boston. Yeah, deal yeah. with it. Yeah, you're not getting any sympathy over here. No. Uh, last one, the Kansas City Royals, and I, I think this might be the beginning of the end, Andy. Yeah, they they were swept by the Twins, which uh, man. Cover your eyes, because <laughs> they are not good. The Twins, I have finishing third in the AL Central. I know. Look out, man. You're right. I, I, Irvin Santana. So, so Irvin Santana. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're riding the Irvin Santana train, I, you know, you, your hopes might not, uh, should not be so high. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. They're batting 195 as a team, um, and I, I think we might see fire sale when it comes to the All-Star break, um, which, you know, great yeah. job, GM. 
to put that team together and, and go on the string of success that they were on winning the World Series two years ago. Um, but I think this might be the beginning of the end for the Kansas City Royals. That would be unfortunate. Yeah. But absolutely. not really, because go Tribe. All right. <laughs> but not really, because go Tribe. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that concludes the uh, In Fuego No Bueno segment of uh, our podcast. And uh, I think it's about time we sit down with uh, the commissioner, Andy Johnson. And Andy <clears throat> Johnson, let me preface this again. What would you do to make this wonderful game even more wonderful? Well, Ryan, thanks for asking. And here's the thing. I got a problem with baseball people. I love baseball. I like baseball a ton. But here's the thing with baseball people. is That's what I got a problem with. They don't understand the issues impacting the game. Like baseball people who cover the game and only cover baseball, they think there's nothing wrong with it all whatsoever. They think that this is America's pastime and that it's always been the pastime and it always is number one. Uh, That's not true. Okay, an easy look at national TV ratings tell you that baseball is not necessarily the most popular sport. And that's okay. Baseball is a very regional sport. I've talked about that a little bit. Uh, It's making waves there. But like baseball people don't understand that like there's other conflicts. And what they need to try and do is bring in the casual sports fan, the younger sports fans, and reach out a little bit. So here's a couple proposals I'm making. All right. Mostly based on the schedule. First thing. Last Monday, opening day, great day. But you know what? It was also the same day as the national championship in college basketball. (laughs) I'm a big sports fan. It was a great day for me. I love both. But, hey, baseball, you're trying to win younger fans, sports fans, and the casual sports fans to your sport. Start a week earlier. I think that would help in a couple ways. Number one, it doesn't overlap with the Final Four and the national championship. Okay, You don't get totally lost in that shuffle. Lost in the sauce. Exactly. Um. So, schedule. Started a week earlier. Okay. Start at the end of March. You can even start in some warm weather cities if you need to for weather concerns. Also, throughout the season, I would play seven doubleheaders on Sundays to shave off another week at the end of the season. So, then the end of the year is going to end in the middle of September, Uh-oh. which is way better for baseball because you don't want to go head-to-head with the NFL. The worst thing for baseball is ending the regular season on, like, week four of the NFL. The heart of the NFL season. Yeah, and everyone forgot about it. Everyone's forgotten about the playoff chase come middle of September. Yeah. But if you are baseball and you are owning August in the first part of September before NFL really gets going, you got a chance to win casual fans. you got a chance to pump this playoff race, um, you know, wild card chases, division winners, whatever it may be. But bump your schedule two weeks up by starting week earlier and playing seven doubleheaders throughout the year, and boom, now all of a sudden, that changes the total dynamic of how you're you're, catch, you're capturing the attention of those casual sports fans. All right. Andy, I like it, and, and it's always a big bummer when the playoffs, you know, the, the gem of our season is right smack dab in the middle right. of the playoff, uh, you know. That's right. It gets lost in the football shuffle. Yeah, and, and I don't know. And different people feel different ways about this, but having weather dictate baseball games, I know it's kind of part of our tradition, but right. when it's bitter cold and, you know, the pitchers have such a large advantage and it comes down to who has the most aces on the, on the staff oftentimes in the playoffs. Right. And I don't think the World Series needs to be ending in November. Like, yeah. that would also end two weeks earlier. So that'd be ending, like, I don't know, October 18th or 20th, which is reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm anything to kind of mix and mash. Uh, the schedule to make it a more optimal uh, viewing experience for the casual fan. I, I think we just got, I think we're at a point where we got to make some changes. Well, and in addition to that too, I kind of touched on it last time when we talked about my expansion schedules, there are natural rivals in baseball over in interleague play. You know, I'm talking like Indians, Reds, Yankees, Mets, Cubs, White Sox, yeah. Dodgers, Angels, whatever. There's a lot of natural rivalries in the game. I think that Major League Baseball should take that and run with it around the All-Star break. So either the week leading up to the All-Star break or the week leading after it have rivalry week. So you have the entire sports world watching Home Run Derby, the All-Star game, and then you take a couple days off and then you come back to and you've got Rays and Royals, you know, or you've got Pirates and Braves and just these random games that, again, Baseball people love, but guys, it's not about what baseball people love. We're trying to get the casual sports fan, the young sports fan, pump it up as rivalry week. Play for stupid trophies. I may have talked about this with you before, but like college football does that and it's hilarious and it's fun and fan bases love it. But like if the Indians and Reds played for the Ohio Cup every year, the week right after the All-Star break, you're keeping the sports world tuned into baseball yep. you know if you had the subway series every year the windy city series you know the battle for the bay you got the giants and a's playing for some stupid golden gate bridge trophy or whatever you know that'd be that'd be cool you know it'd be silly but it'd be cool and it'd be relevant it would be something fun to talk about when you got the whole sports world in the palm of your hand commissioner andy i have one more question for you yes and sir. It, it, it's really been bugging me <laughs> why has yadier molina not received a lifetime ban from baseball <laughs> Well, Ryan, that's a dumb question. First of all, hold on. <laughs> For fans out there, and and just uh, I'm just fans that are concerned about the integrity of the game, right? Yadier Molina put some sort of sticky substance all over his chest protector, and it was so sticky, in fact, that when he received a short hop into his chest protector. He's looking up for the ball. Little does he know the ball is stuck to his chest protector. Uh, As someone who sports hates Yadier Molina as much as I do, I want to see justice. I'm just about justice. I want justice. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, kind of bizarre for sure. It looks like it defies physics. But, um, yeah, I I think there's a lot of unwritten rules that are just kind of broken, a lot of unwritten, like, you know – I don't know what the right word is right now. That they just people, the players and coaches just kind of let go. Yeah. Um, when it comes to some of that stuff in baseball, and I think that's probably one of them. You know, like is he supposed to have pine tar on his chest protector? No, but like, does anybody really care? Is I'm going to say anything? No. Um, like I remember when Michael Pineda got tossed was it last year or two years ago? Yeah, for having the stuff. Yeah, on I feel like yeah. John Farrell was like kind of reluctant to go out and call him on it. He's just like. Whatever, I don't really care, but you're not supposed to have that. So, well, I loved Yadier's uh, Yadier's uh, approach to it exactly because, and I heard Buster Olney talking about this. He he's, he's basically the scenario is like you're uh, you're driving uh, down the road and a cop pulls you over and he and but there's no uh, with no radar. It just appeared like you were going fast. And yeah. He asks you, "Hey, did you know that you were speeding?" And the response is, well, no, I didn't. I don't. I wasn't speeding. Yeah. And he has no basis yeah. to, to, you know, to give you a ticket. And this is kind of Yachty's approach. They asked, someone asked him, "Did you have stuff on your chest protector?" He's like, "No, I didn't." That's a stupid question. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you know, so that's kind of how he approached that. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually not too worried about it. That, uh, that's not something that um, really got me too riled up. But. Um, Andy, uh, 
as we part, we want to give our fans and our and our listeners uh, just kind of a heads up for what to look for in this yeah. upcoming week. Some, and we, we like to call this the heads up fans. Like when exactly. the ball's going into the stands and people are yelling heads up. But first of all, what's your uh, – some people might say it's wiser to yell heads down because if you are looking up, it's true. that means you get hit in the face. And you know, some people say heads down. Where are you on that? I think I just yell ball, <laughs> ball. Like hey, hey, ball's coming, ball. Yeah. Or I got it. I got just it. Lean yeah. over and catch it in front of you. That'd be yeah. Fun. Yeah. Um, no, we do want to give you something to look forward to, something to think about, especially again, you know, casual listeners. Something to keep your eye on. Here's my thing for the week, um, and it's actually kind of personal. On Saturday. Uh, my wife and I are taking our daughter up to the Indians game. Oh. It's our uh, first tribe game of the year and first one for little Riley. Um, hoping for good weather and hoping that storms hold off. But the pitching matchup for that day, they're playing the Tigers. It is Justin Verlander versus Corey Kluber. Two okay. aces. Um, oh, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great game. Yeah. Uh, Kluber's first appearance at home this year, his first two outings, not the best, but you know, he, he is the last few years been known as kind of a slow starter. Uh, April hasn't been his best month. He usually gets going a little bit later. So hopefully the first home start can, uh, you know, he can get back in his rhythm, back in the groove there. Um, and facing off against Verlander, um, a guy who's, who won an MVP, I think back in 2011, yeah. uh, has been a great pitcher for the past seven or eight years. Um, I mean, he's definitely kind of on the downhill of his career, but this is a great matchup between two good teams. And, you know, the Indians obviously are the trendy pick. The Tigers aren't bad. We've talked about that before. And um, the Indians owned them last year. They were 14 and four against Detroit. And, you know, this will be game two of that series. And obviously as an Indians fan, I'm hoping they can do it again. But, you know, this matchup will be a fun one, a good inter- interdivision rivalry, uh, two good teams, two good pitchers. Great day. Awesome. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, for me, it's the Dodgers versus the Cubs, potentially yeah. the two best teams uh, in the National League, and we get to watch them uh, play in a series. And I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know that they're going to get up for that game, and uh, they're going to want to win every single one of those games, either one of those teams. Uh, I don't think Kershaw's going in any of those games, unfortunately. I, I could be wrong. Uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun baseball to watch. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I need to give a shout out, and we're going to be done. But Beaver Creek local star Mike Housechild, yeah, making his major league debut. Yeah, for the uh, Rangers, for the Texas Rangers. And fun fact, my sister was there. Uh, her really? her boyfriend is best friends with Mike Housechild, and she went out to the Texas Rangers uh, game, three games, to see him pitch. Uh, one inning. He was the last pitcher to get in. But University of Dayton grad. That's right. And uh, yeah. it was fun. Local she got dinner with him afterwards. And oh, she, wow. that's sweet. It, it, someone who's been to a million baseball, my baseball games, who, mm-hmm. you know, dreaded going to the baseball game, she said that was one of the coolest experiences she's ever had in her life. And gave her a new appreciation for baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is really, really cool. So shout out Beaver Creek local star uh, Mike Housechild. Um, and I think that's about it. Andy. That about wraps it up. Good time, good talks. Uh, we'll be back again soon, hopefully. I'm not really sure how often, but we enjoyed yeah. doing this. Um, remember, have fun, enjoy, and what do I usually say? Choke up with two strikes. Yeah, something I'm gonna switch like it that. up. Switch it up. Like, speaking lingo. of cheese, hey, bada, 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 yeah. swing about it, <laughs> and make sure you lay off the high cheese, especially if you're lactose intolerant. <laughs>